God bless you. We hope that this message has encouraged your heart. We invite you to come worship with us at our Sunday school service beginning at 9 a.m. Our morning worship service at 11 a.m. Bible study every Wednesday night from 7 to 8. If you would like to correspond with this ministry, you can write us at 2627 Willow Glen Road, Alexandria, Louisiana. Again, thank you, and may God bless you. It's K-A-Y-T, Gina Alexandria. No need to worry. The gospel is on the radio at 88.1. Call up somebody. Tell them it's going to be all right. K-A-Y-T. Got the gospel transmitting. All day. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today to call on the highest power of the universe to bring peace and prosperity upon his people. The God that we serve is a deliverer and a strong tower. He is a God of stability, a God of substance, a God of authority, and a God who can solve all of our issues. So today, establish your people with deliverance, deliverance from the unemployment line, deliverance from food stamps and welfare, deliverance from the inner city housing and project living, deliverance from drug addiction, deliverance from social injustice, deliverance from drive-by shootings, deliverance from illiteracy and homelessness, deliverance from racism and bigotry, deliverance from hatred and violence, deliverance from the doom of demonism, deliverance from sin and seduction, deliverance from helplessness and despair. Authenticate us with the principles of your power so that we can dwell in your power today. excited to introduce to you Deliverance Today Ministries. Our world 
is full of trouble, and we have reached a point where it is time to bring to the people of God the truth of God. We are headquartered in Shreveport, Louisiana, and are connected to churches worldwide. Each week, we desire to come into your life with a message of deliverance that will prepare you for heaven. We invite you to join our prayer line and zoom into a closer walk with God every morning from 6 to 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. We have health professionals, spiritual counselors, and Christian aid workers in Louisiana and Texas, and we'll also extend our resources to help you with social, spiritual, financial, and mental needs wherever you are.
The final portion of this message, Can These Bones Live? Our text once again, Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 4. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And for today's message, verse 9, Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dry and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. All of the Christian realm today are anticipating the resurrection of these bones. But degenerate nations and churches need more than liberation from external tyranny. They need divine regeneration. Oh, today, many are looking to men to revive the church. But I want you to know today that men don't have the power to revive the church. Men don't have the resources to revive the church. Only the breath of God, only the power of God. We need divine regeneration. Here in this portion of God's vineyard, we need a divine infusion of the grace of God to take our eyes off of each other and focus on God. Restoration demands a refocus. I am troubled at how petty and trite we in the world can be. We measure each other by status or position or by who plays games on Saturday night. God's concern is not who is playing games, but rather who is going home. The conferences or churches did not send individuals to play. God sent 
preachers to pray. And God has sent preachers to work the work of truth. We are now in a time where there is a need for a vision of redemption. The people could not truly be restored unless they were reformed and renewed in heart and character. We can't do business as usual just because churches are opening today and just because people are returning to church today doesn't mean that we can go back to playing church the way that we were prior to COVID-19. God is interested in people who are looking for him. He's interested in people who are ready to carry the great evangel. He does not breathe his breath into worthless souls. He only wants to use people who are fully committed to him. You see, it appears that it is time for a resurrection. What happened in ancient Israel must happen in this world today. And all the people of God need to have a clear resurrection of spirit. We must be restored to true life and prosperity by means of spiritual resurrection. Souls today are dead in sin. Church today is like a valley of dry bones, ugly in its wickedness, helpless in its confusion, utterly unable to save itself. But Christ has come to give new life to the souls of men. His resurrection is a type of the soul's resurrection. The gospel is thus supremely a message of life. It comes to us in our most degraded, desolate, despairing condition. It brings life and incorruptibility to light. Our mission is one of redemption. So instead of us taking up the time to fatten the pockets of AT&T by spending God's precious time on the telephone, spreading the gossip, instead of tearing down and wrecking the character of our fellow brethren, it is time for us to take up a new profession. Let us redeem those who are lost. Let us revive those who are weak. Let us restore those who are discouraged. Let us stop spreading the gossip and try practicing the gospel. And finally, we must see a vision of the resurrection. This is a parable of the restoration of Israel. The notion that the very bones of the dead are to be pieced together and clothed with flesh. That the scattered dust of corpses is to be gathered from the four quarters of the earth. That the very same animal organism that once lived and died and decayed or was devoured by worms shall be built up again as a figure and as an image, it is strikingly suggestive of the future resurrection. It is God who restores nations, and it is God who takes souls by quickening the grace, and God will only awaken them that sleep in Jesus and raise them up a glorious army redeemed from death. 
So our mission today is to prophesy to dry bones, prophesying to the dry bones and to the wind. Ezekiel beholds the dismal sight of a valley of dry bones. It is a scene of silent desolation. No picture of death could be more complete. The human remains are not even covered with flesh. He sees bones, not corpses. The bones are dry. The vultures have picked them clean. They have been left to bleach in the sun. They are not even lying in their natural order as ranks of complete skeletons. They are scattered about. The unclean scavengers that have been at work among them have ruthlessly torn them joint from joint and mixed them up in apparent hopeless confusion. Was there ever a scene of more perfect and utter deadness? Yet the prophet is required to preach to these dry bones. Peter was asked to preach to the fishes and Francis was to preach to the birds. But here we have a preacher preaching to dry bones. What is most remarkable is that the preaching is effective. An awful scene is witnessed. The bones shake and move and fit themselves together and flesh, sinews, and skin cover them. All this is illustrative of much preaching to men, and it contains a great encouragement for the preacher. For God still uses the foolishness of preaching to reach the hearts of men. You see, this world today is like Ezekiel's valley. Some here are cold, dead, utterly indifferent. These are people indeed and so many dry bones when the preacher despairs of doing any good to them and so long as he despairs he will do no good. If Ezekiel had not obedience, faith, and energy he would not have taken the trouble to preach to the bones and then the great resurrection would not have taken place. You see it is our duty to preach to the despairing ones. We are to sow beside all waters. God can quicken the dead. We are not to analyze the sheep. We are not to talk about the sheep. We are not to talk down the sheep. But we are to preach the venerable word of the Lord. For you see, it is not our words and not our power, but God can quicken the dead. Note that Ezekiel's preaching was prophesying. It was speaking as God's messenger and in his power. So thus, it is not by my words and not by my will. For Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. This is the only preaching that will succeed with the indifferent. The preacher to the godless must be a prophet. He must speak God's truth in God's strength. Mere reasoning or persuading is not sufficient, but prophesying does succeed again and again with the most obdurate and pig-headed, obstinate, and contrary listeners. The preaching of the gospel stirs dry bones. Ezekiel had a measure of success. 
a wonderful success it appeared to be, for the bones fitted themselves together and were clothed with flesh. Still, they were not alive. As the result attained is that the scattered skeletons have become compact corpses, but this is but a valley of death. Now, the first preaching has done its work. It is useless merely to repeat it. A new thing must be tried. Ezekiel must prophesy to the wind to breathe on the slain and make them live. When he does this, the wind comes and there stands up an exceeding great army of living men. The wind is here regarded as the power of life. It is typical of the spirit of God. For life can only come from God's spirit. The most stirring preaching will not create it. We may preach God's truth in God's strength and good results may follow, but not the new birth of the divine life unless the spirit of God comes and produces it. Preaching does not regenerate. After prophesying to the bones, Ezekiel must prophesy to the wind. Preaching must be followed by prayer. The preacher must call on the name of the Lord and the power of God to aid his work and is to issue the, issue the living results. We need more prophesying to the wind. If life is to take possession of dead souls, we must pray more for the coming of the quickening spirit. He does come in response to prayer. If the first kind of prophesying is not barren, assuredly the second will not be. But when God's spirit is invoked in the preaching of God's word, exceeding great armies of souls may rise from death of sin. You see, it is clear that some have been lost and don't know their spiritual way. A certain man went through the forest seeking any bird of interest that he may find. He caught a young eagle, brought it home, and put it among the fowls and ducks and turkeys and gave it chicken food to eat. Even though it was an eagle, the king of birds. Five years later, a naturalist came to see him and after passing through the garden, said, that bird is an eagle, not a chicken. Yes, said the owner, but I have trained it to be a chicken. It is no longer an eagle, it is a chicken. Even though it measures 15 feet from tip to tip of its wings, it is a chicken. No, said the naturalist, it is an eagle still. It has the heart of an eagle and I will help it soar high into the heavens once again. No, said the owner, it is a chicken and it will never fly. They agreed to test it. The naturalist picked up the eagle, held it up and said with great intensity, eagle, eagle, Thou art an eagle. Thou dost belong to the sky, not to this earth. Stretch forth thy wings and fly. 
Eagle turned this way and that, and then looking down, saw the chickens eating their food, and down he jumped with the rest of the chickens. The owner said, I told you it was a chicken, but no, said the naturalist, it is an eagle. Give it another chance tomorrow. So the next day he took it to the top of the house and said, eagle, eagle, thou art an eagle. Stretch forth thy wings and fly. But again, the eagle, seeing the chickens feeding, jumped down and fed with them. Then the owner said, I told you it was a chicken. Noah asserted the naturalist, it is an eagle, and it has the heart of an eagle. Only give it one more chance, and I will make it fly tomorrow. The next morning, he rose early and took the eagle out 